Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 210. And on this week's episode, we've got a special guest, special guest star, a star of Tier 11. His name is Deacon Bradley, and he's our Vice President of Operations at Tier 11. And I don't know why we haven't had him on this show, because what he's going to be talking about here today is something that we've referred to a lot in previous episodes, mostly with Andrew Tweedo. You can just go back and Google Perpetual Traffic, Andrew Tweedo. He's actually been on the show about four times talking about things similar to this, but Andrew, as smart as he is, sometimes some of the concepts that he discusses are just a little bit too complex. So we're going to come back to basics here on one of the things that, in my opinion, and Molly feels the same way, is really one of the three legs of the stool for successful Facebook advertising. And the first one is something that we discuss here a lot on the show, which is campaign structure, all the strategies, all the tactics about campaign building. And the second one is one that we've talked about a lot here in the last month or so, which is creative, how we at Tier 11 utilize our creative team to get the right message in front of the right person at the right time. But the third leg of that stool, which Deacon actually heads up inside Tier 11, is conversion tracking and dev. And we're going to be talking about that here today. We'll have lots of resources for you guys in the show notes. So the three-legged stool of Facebook ads, Deacon, you are heading up the third leg here. So welcome to Perpetual Traffic. It's been way too long since you've been on the show and uh, really excited to talk about this stuff today. Thanks for having me. That's actually a, a pretty fitting introduction that people keep forgetting about that third leg of the stool because that's actually what we see in real life a lot too is like people keep neglecting that third leg of that stool. Yeah, it happens all the time. You know, as a high volume direct response a digital marketing agency, I mean, primarily focused on Facebook and Instagram, obviously. One of the things that we do before we actually have an agency customer come on board with us is we do what's referred to as a strategic account plan. And that strategic account plan is one of the things that we go through very in-depth is tracking. And is the pixel, the Facebook pixel, being utilized on all the spots on a website? And even for really big businesses, I mean, some of these, as you know, Deacon, are running hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in Facebook ads, and their tracking isn't even set up correctly. 
So I think it's something that we come back to all the time. So if the bigger guys spending, you know, several thousand dollars a day are having these sorts of issues, my sense is that this is probably an issue that if you're not having it as an issue, you should definitely take some notes today and listen to what we're talking about. Because if you don't have the tracking set up, especially for conversion tracking, you know, your ads just won't be as profitable. And this is actually one of the things that we discuss pretty in depth in a coaching program that we just launched through tier 11 called the ads accelerator. Now the ads accelerator is a program where these are for people that maybe aren't quite right for agency quite yet. You're not quite at like the higher levels of ad spend, or maybe you're just not ready, or maybe our pricing, which, you know, we're not cheap as a high volume agency. It's just not ready. You're not right for it as of yet. But the point is, is that we've created a secondary program. We just really launched this internally to our list about a month or so ago, and we've had tremendous feedback from it so far. And it's a coaching program called the Ads Accelerator. So the Ads Accelerator is three parts to it. It is weekly coaching calls with our media buying team, as well as our director of media buying. I'm on the calls as well. Deacon makes an appearance on the calls every now and then, especially for this kind of stuff, as well as a learning center where we actually have over 30 hours of videos and PDFs and all kinds of course material that actually helps people get better at Facebook ads. We typically don't require people to go through that prior to getting on the calls. It's more like a diagnosis, go back to module four kind of thing. And then the third component of it is our Facebook group where, you know, Deacon has actually answered a lot of questions about this specifically. It's really turned around some of the businesses that we have in this ads accelerator program because it's so vitally important. You can have the campaign structure, you can have the greatest ad copywriting and the targeting and the visuals and the video and the images. But if your tracking is messed up, None of this works. And it's something that he's been able to lend a lot of expertise to inside that ads accelerator group. So definitely check it out. It's called the tier 11 ads accelerator at tier 11.com forward slash AA. That's tier 11.com forward slash AA. Check it out. We'll also leave a link in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get right into it here. We're going to be talking about conversion tracking for fun and profit. All right. So Deacon, I think there's some confusion and this is something that we always ask people about the, the, what are the three jobs of the Facebook pixel? And usually people get like maybe one out of the three, maybe two out of three. They never really get three out of three. So maybe you could explain that to us first, because that's sort of the foundation we've got to build here and understanding why this thing is so important. Why are we talking about it here on this week's episode? Absolutely. And you kind of touched on this at the beginning of the show, like oftentimes, even in big successful businesses, spending a lot of money, we see conversion tracking kind of neglected, kind of not really looked after carefully. And I think that not having this full foundation of what are the actual three jobs of the pixel, and in my opinion, they're all three equally important. Everybody just kind of knows that first one, conversion tracking. So everybody gets that. You put the pixel on the page, it's conversion tracking, and a lot of businesses kind of stop there and they think, well, I'm getting the results I need to, or my business is running fine, money's coming in, money's going out, everything looks okay, so I'm not going to look any deeper. But there's actually two other really important jobs of that pixel, and I know you know these if you've been listening to this show, but connecting them all in your head as this is what the Facebook pixel is doing every time it loads on a page is what I think is one of the key foundational elements to putting this all together in your head. So the second one of these is audience building. Now, I know you knew that, like who visited the page, but also as we get into some of the other levels here, who created a standard event, like who was a lead, or more importantly, if you're in e-commerce, who viewed this specific product? That's actually the pixel sending that information back and topic for another show, connecting it to the product catalog for things like DPAs and stuff like that. So that all falls under audience building. And the third one of these, which again, I know you know this, but campaign optimization. So you're actually telling Facebook, if you're running direct response campaigns, get me more of these. And it's the Facebook's job to tell you what these are and when these are happening on your website. 
if your website's giving it misinformation, well, that's going to really throw off your campaign optimization as well. Absolutely. And you won't be able to leverage the Facebook algorithm as much as you possibly should. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about here today is a discovery I think we made probably about a year and a half ago of how we consolidate that learning using a specific type of conversion tracking, which has really helped us tremendously and also cleaned up a lot of sort of the double counting which sometimes does happen with some ways in which on this show, we've even described how we do sort of basic conversion tracking. But, you know, if you're not seeing your numbers inside the Facebook ad platform, you know, it's never going to perfectly match your CRM. It's never going to perfectly match your Shopify store. I, I don't care, you know, how great you are at this stuff. If you can get it 90% or thereabouts, you're doing pretty good. And we obviously, we have analytics and we have uh, all kinds of things that we do for our customers inside tier 11 to show them, you know, you're spending this money and where is that money actually going and how much of a return it's getting over time. And then even getting into more complicated subjects, which is probably the subject of another episode, Deacon, which is attribution. So let's get a little bit into like the two basic types of conversion tracking. And, and inside tier 11, we have four levels of this, but we're not going to get into that right now. That's a little bit more complex. You know, sometimes we apply this to our ads accelerator, our agency customers, but really just for simplicity, there's really, there's two main types of conversion tracking. So tell us about those, when we use them, when we don't use them and how our listeners can apply it to their businesses. Yeah, I like to break everything up into this really complex subject that maybe you've kind of gone deep in, in some other areas on. I really like to just simplify it all down to two basic types of tracking. Number one is what we call URL-based custom conversions. And a URL-based custom conversion is pretty simple. You create a custom conversion in Facebook. And if that pixels on the page, you know, you don't really have to do any development work, no coding on the page or anything else. Just go into Facebook and say, Hey, when these parameters are matched on my website, someone visits this URL, URLs like this URLs containing this, whatever the criteria is, then count that as a conversion. And once that conversion exists, then you can use it not just as a column in Ads Manager to see the results of how many people triggered that, but you can also use it as an event for Facebook to optimize ad sets for. So a couple of different uses there. One of the reasons that we like these is because they're so simple. So maybe you've worked with a customer or maybe you don't have access to a dev team or you're just testing out a new offer. Sometimes we use this uh, we call this level one inside the agency. And this is the simplest way to get something up right away. Now, I wouldn't want to run hundreds of thousands of dollars of traffic <laughs> using level one because we need a little bit more accuracy at that level. But if you're just getting a campaign out there, you're testing out an offer, we always love speed of implementation. And this is speed of implementation right here. You can set this up just a few clicks inside Facebook. I do want to mention a gotcha when setting these up. So I've seen people in Facebook groups all over the place kind of struggle with setting these up. Oh, it's not registering or whatnot. So just to give you a couple of best practices that we've learned over the years of doing this, number one, if you're looking at that screen or you're creating a custom conversion, use URL contains, not URL equals. And the reason is when you use URL equals, there's going to be some edge cases that you haven't thought of. For example, about six months ago, Facebook started appending a Facebook click ID into the URLs when someone clicks in there. So somebody clicks the URL to go to like slash thank you on your website. It's now going to be slash thank you question mark FBCLID equals and then some, some gibberish. And if you're using URL equals, that's could break it. So you always use URL contains. I also always take off the HTTP or HTTPS colon slash slash off of it because, again, redirecting between SSL and regular URLs can break it. I just try to make it the URL, just that core part, whatever your website is, slash thank you, for example, cut off the rest of the stuff, and that's how you should base your custom conversion if you want it to be 
the most stable. So just for our listeners, because obviously this is an audio podcast, it's kind of hard to describe exactly where this is sometimes inside Ads Manager. Maybe just take people through the tour of Ads Manager, where you actually will find this. I think for some of our more advanced listeners, they obviously know exactly where this is, but where do you find where you put all this into this basic URL-based custom conversion tracking? So I'm inside our business manager here and I'm clicking that big menu at the top, brings up way too many choices. And then under the measure and report column is where you'll find all of the goodies that we'll be talking about today. And specifically under custom conversions under the event manager, that's where you can create these URL-based custom conversions. So events manager, right underneath that, you can do either custom conversions or you can do the other level of tracking, which we're going to be talking about here in a second, but that's the nerve center right there. And then when you say create custom conversion, then the box shows up that you want to be able to pick from the dropdown, either contains or doesn't contain. In one case, I didn't even realize doesn't contain was in there or equals. So what would be the cases where you would use contains versus equals is there any case where you would use equals because we do get this question a fair amount for urls i would say 99 percent of the time i don't use equals because little things like query string parameters and other stuff like that and a query string parameter is like the things you see on the end for example like utm parameters qualify as that mm -hmm. the things you see at the end of the url where it's like question mark and then a bunch of stuff nobody pays attention to those things can break right. these. So I almost never use URL equals because even things like Infusionsoft will pass a custom ID through to the thank you page. It's going to be different every time. So you can't say equals. But one of the gotchas on contains is what? So you're saying forward slash thank dash you. Maybe you have multiple pages that have that after the forward slash. Is that uh, excellent point? That yes, you want to be as specific as you can with that as well, and and think about like the other places that that could be registering as well. And I think it's really it's just a matter of if you've got a really large site, and some of our listeners here have enormous sites with lots and lots of different thank you pages. It's just a a search on Google or like site colon you know, HTTP, like there's ways to figure it out. I mean, if you've got a smaller site, I think our site for tier 11 only has like 30 pages or something like that. So it's pretty easy. We were actually doing this before the show, but just make sure that you do check that either through Google or through your site map. You can find it as well because it is a really important little gotcha. And I've seen people, seen customers double, triple counting because they miss this little point here. So that's URL-based custom conversions. Anything else that we need to tell people about? I mean, we're, this is sort of the basic way of setting up conversions and getting going on Facebook, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can get going in just a few clicks with this and you're up and running at level one. Perfect. So one of the drawbacks of this is obviously you got to watch out for that gotcha with multiple pages with the same sequence of, in essence, letters and hyphens and numbers or whatever your URL contains. But one of the things that we've seen when you use URL-based custom conversions is that there is some double counting, especially when you have maybe a lead magnet to maybe a tripwire kind of offer. And then on the next page, there's a full-priced or main offer. What we have found is that sometimes there's some double counting that goes on there. Can you talk about that a little bit and sort of what Facebook stand is on it? Because you might actually see if you use these in a certain way, as opposed to the next way in which we do our tracking, you might see some inflated figures for your leads or for your sales. So Facebook will try to deduplicate some of this stuff. And a lot of that is intended for coding errors or some weird things that can happen where it's just accidentally sending in too many events here and there. What it's not going to dedupe well is something like Ralph just described. So I see this most commonly when the lead magnet download is a really interesting page and people might bookmark it and come back to it. Or if you go to a tripwire page, for example, and you don't buy right away, but they're mailing their list to that page. So now they're sending lots of 
external traffic that didn't actually come through the lead thing to an event that is going to trigger this custom conversion. Situations like that is where I most often see overcounting happening because it's just saying, remember, keep in mind with a URL-based custom conversion, the only criteria to trigger that custom conversion is somebody loads a page with that URL. So if you're mailing to it, if there's a reason people might bookmark it and come back to it, if it's something they're sharing on social media, those are all going to trigger your custom conversion every time somebody visits it. Yeah, which is a drawback. Now, Facebook, we have never really gotten a great answer on this. And uh, Andrew Tweedo in the past episodes have actually talked about this, whether or not this has changed just because we really don't use custom conversions unless we've got you know, a specific customer that's just like, they need a, a funnel tracking built out ultra fast. And we just don't have time to do our next type of tracking. But what we have seen is that typically when someone does land on a page, if they either back click to it, or let's say they're either retargeted or you're sending an email saying, hey, thanks for downloading my lead magnet you know, check out this next offer, $7 offer, $10 offer, whatever it is. And it's the same page that is your thank you page for your lead. If you follow me on that, within three minutes, we found if that does occur, there is a definite deduping of the initial event. So the point is this, is that URL-based conversions, you might want to listen back to that because there's a lot to that. The point is, is if you're sending traffic in any way, shape, or form to a page that has a URL-based custom conversion, you might have some issues with double counting or triple counting. And that's one of the reasons why we don't use it. We only use it if we have something that needs to be done really quickly. I know Molly, for example, this is the way that she uses pretty much all of her tracking. And it's something that, yeah, it's great to use because you can get quickly up to speed. You don't need to be a coder. You don't need to have really any technical expertise. The one gotcha is, you know, using the contains as opposed to equals that we talked about here. But I would encourage you to think about our next level of tracking, which I've dropped enough hints about it now, Deacon. I guess we should probably start talking about it. And that's the one that we use here at Tier 11 more often than not. There's one other major con of URL-based custom conversions that I would bring up. Mm. And that is, this is actually true of any custom conversion, but it shows up the most on the URL-based ones. These custom conversions are immutable. They don't change. You cannot edit these once you create it. And ah. for example, if you are running a lot of traffic and getting thousands and thousands of leads to a page and you, for some reason, need to change that URL of that page, whether it's to a new domain or you created a new better thank you page or something like that, you altered your funnel a little bit, that custom conversion and all the history and optimization and all that stuff with it, you can't keep using it. It only works for that one URL. And I'm sure you can imagine how complicated things would be if Facebook allowed us to edit those and it was trying to figure out who visited those URLs. So understandable why you can't edit them, but that's an important thing to remember because it's a major con of these URL-based custom conversions. So Ralph, like you said, we love these for just get something up, test it, get the proof of concept, figure out if it's worth investing the time and resources into these additional levels of tracking. But then you want to be on a standard event tracking thing for anything that you're going to keep around long term. Yeah, no, that's a great, great point. And um, just because we haven't done it in so long, I actually I forgot about that because that really sucks. If you've got to change it, all of a sudden you've got to start from scratch all over again. Because remember, the learning for optimization happens at the ad set level primarily. So let's say you had to change that custom conversion. All your learning in the ad account wouldn't be lost, but the primary means in which the learning happens to optimize the algorithm happens on the ad set level. We know it. We've talked to enough people, so many meetings with Facebook about this. Yeah, the ad affects it. Yeah, the campaign affects it. Yeah, the ad account affects it. Yeah, the page affects it. You know, the page history, all these other sorts of things but the real learning happens in that ad set level. So if you've got to swap it out, you're in essence starting from scratch. You're really all the money that you've spent on those previous conversions, you know, now you're, you know, beginning 
again, if you have to change it. So it's a big drawback and a really good point there. So let's get into the better way to do it and why we do it this way inside tier 11. And if you have the capability of doing this, I highly recommend that you set up your conversion tracking this way. So so the preferred way to do this is with Facebook standard events. And they have a lot of really great documentation on this. There's also a lot of great plugins for whether you're using WordPress or, or WooCommerce or Shopify actually has this built in natively. So you might not have to develop this from scratch, but Standard events are definitely the preferred way to be doing this. And with the standard event, what you're sending in is basically there's a list of approved standard events. Used to be nine. Now they've greatly expanded that over the past few months. I don't even remember how many there are right now. But you send an event like lead, add to cart, initiate, checkout, purchase. Those are the ones most commonly in like the e-commerce world. You're sending in these events and you're telling Facebook about significant things that happened on your website. Somebody viewed a specific product. That's a view content event. Somebody added to cart. Somebody purchased. And when you send in these standard events, not only is that going to think back to like the three jobs of the Facebook pixel, you're going to get the conversion tracking. Those are going to show up as specific columns now in your ad manager. So imagine your ad manager actually says lead add to cart, purchase, and you can see each one of those columns and the number of events that your ad sets generated. You're also going to be building audiences, the second job of the pixel. So now you can build an audience of people who have added to cart. You can build an audience of people who have sent in that purchase standard event. And finally, like you just mentioned, Ralph, campaign optimization. You'll be able to actually optimize your campaigns for different levels of the funnel based on the standard event that's sent in. Most definitely. One of the things I think we discovered, and we really weren't quite sure of this when there was the migration of the Facebook pixel. When actually did that happen? I think that was like a couple hundred episodes here ago on perpetual traffic. When there was the one pixel to serve them all, we really weren't sure whether these standard events would help us or hinder us from an optimization standpoint. But what we found through a lot of testing and a lot of ad spend is that there is mass optimization. So let's say, for example, we've got a number of customers. I'm thinking of one right off the top of my head that probably has about 10 different lead magnets. Well, in the old days, we would set up 10 different URL-based custom conversions, and they wouldn't necessarily talk to each other. Now, each one of those lead magnets is different. Like Digital Marketer, for example, they've got a 20 or 30 different lead magnets, but they're all based around digital marketing. Like if you've got a website where, you know, you sell nutraceuticals and then you sell chaise lounges and then you sell hats, probably this isn't what you want necessarily, but we have found that even for large retailers, purchase events, are very, very effective in consolidating this optimization. So let's just take this for what it is. Your business probably is in a specific niche where you might have lots of different events that you want to fire, whether they be lead events, whether they be purchase events, but they're somehow related. Facebook, we understood that by mass optimizing all these different funnels, as it were, it actually finds more potential buyers and more potential people who will opt in based upon behavior more than anything else. So the standard event, in essence, the bottom line here is that it optimizes in a much greater way to leverage the algorithm and to make your ads more effective. Obviously, the optimization part is something that sometimes people sort of forget about as far as like what the Facebook pixel actually does. But we found that standard events are able to really leverage the pixel and really leverage the algorithm better than we ever thought it could. So here's a, like a really concrete example of seeing this in action. A customer that we're working with who is kind of in the, I guess, outdoor services space. We're running a campaign right now and there's two different offers in it. One of them is for creating a healthy lawn and the other one is for getting rid of your mosquitoes. Now, both of those things, when you opt in and you become a lead for those, they both send a standard event for a lead. 
So both of those offers, whether you opt in for the lawn care or you opt in for getting rid of mosquitoes, they both send the standard event for a lead. Now, what we're telling Facebook for campaign optimization is we want leads for this business. We're not saying we want lawn care people or we want mosquito people. We're just saying these leads are all important to us. And what's really interesting is we are essentially with using CBO, we're freed from having to decide which of these offers we should be putting out there. And so we're actually seeing one convert over the other right now. And we kind of expect that to change in a little while or, but ultimately we're just telling Facebook, we want leads. We're sending that standard event in for leads. And ultimately it's not even that crucial to us, which of these lead events is converting. Facebook is able to optimize for the lead and bring us both people interested in lawn, people interested in getting rid of mosquitoes all in the same campaign. Yeah. And using campaign budget optimization, he mentioned CBO, campaign budget optimization. We've talked about here on the show quite a few times, and it's going to be standard coming in September. And September isn't far away, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, in this case, all we're trying to do is we're letting the algorithm find in our audiences the most appropriate lead candidate. And we're using that through standard events. If we had URL-based conversions or URL-based tracking, we wouldn't be able to optimize the campaigns quite as efficiently. So the point is, is that you're leveraging Facebook as much as possible. And in this case, the customer doesn't care. It's like, hey, I'll get the mosquito leads. I'll get the lawn leads. Every lead is a good lead. And it's been a way in which we've really been able to help them to start to scale and sort of think about their business a little bit differently. And it's all because of this standard event, how simple it is. That's a big, big win for mass optimization. So definitely pay attention here. Once again, we'll leave a lot of resources in the show notes for you, especially when we start getting into implementation here. So what's next? Mass optimization is certainly a big win for standard event. You kind of hinted at this a little bit. Mass optimization is great, but the thing that I love most about standard events is they are very, very flexible. So Ralph, we just talked about like, you know, make my lawn healthier and mosquitoes. Imagine down the road, you want to add in a third offer. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're actually mowing the lawns or maybe you're just doing landscaping or something. You add a third one in here. You just add that third lead magnet, whatever it is that generates leads, put that same lead standard event on there and you're up and running. Now, if you think back to the URL-based custom conversions, those custom conversions are immutable. You would not be able to do that if you were using those because you couldn't go back and edit the custom conversions to say, also optimize for this third funnel that I just added. So the flexibility is huge there, not just from like moving your own pages around on the website or, or tweaking offers, but adding in new offers, things like that. You are free to do that because really when you start using standard events, you are now telling Facebook about significant events on your website. Hey, Facebook, this happened. So because you're able to do that, you're able to have that flexibility and decide what's significant on your website and then tell Facebook that that happened. 100%. So sounds too good to be true, Deacon. What are the potential sort of cons that we come up against with this and you know, for some of our listeners, they say, all right, well, this is all great, but I'm not a programmer. What are the downsides potentially of uh, standard events? Well, there's only one downside that I can think of that I always tell people. Somebody has to do it. So <laughs> that's even better. That's not always true anymore, because if you're using Shopify, these are kind of built in natively to the platform. If you're using WordPress, there's a, a number of plugins that are going to get you where you need to go. If you're using WordPress or WooCommerce, something like that, we like the plugin called Pixel Your Site. It's at pixelyoursite.com. Again, that's going to kind of free you from that. Somebody has to do it. The only con of actually using standard events. Now, with Pixel Your Site, do you ever need a deeper level of programming? No. You need a Pixel ID. And you need to know what the standard events are, which you learned on this podcast. Pretty much. Because I think in the past, we've probably talked about standard events saying, well, you know, if you're not really much of a programmer, then maybe go to Fiverr.com or some programming site. But 
you're saying that this plugin has eliminated or at least obviated the need for any sort of further implementation. Yes, yeah, so I've used this for several things on WordPress and uh, pretty happy with it. And of course, for Shopify, then there's native integration. And native integration, the majority of folks that we talk to are running on Shopify. It's obviously Shopify is our preferred platform just because it's so simple. And one of the reasons why is because the integration with the Pixel for standard events based upon every level of engagement going back to how we set up the Ecom ad amplifier. This is so vitally important. And go back to episode 145. You don't know what the e-commerce ad amplifier is, but that's how we segment traffic inside tier 11 based upon depths of engagement on your site. So level one being cold traffic, which we're trying to get them to engage with maybe a video or maybe click through to your page or maybe click to your landing page, your home page, collection page. Once someone does that, they fire the page view event, standard event. We then create audiences for that, which Deacon's going to get into in just a second. Let's say if they click through to a product, they'll fire the view content event. We create audiences for that, talk to them a little bit differently in our level three traffic. Let's say they actually add the product to their cart, but then don't buy. Well, we're going to talk to them a little bit differently and create you know, new audiences for them for the add to cart or maybe initiate checkout event. Talk to them a little bit differently in our ads in level four. And then finally, when somebody purchases, then you're creating a list of buyers, which you can then use for cross sales, upsells, refills everything else, and definitely utilize Facebook ads for that, in addition to your email and messenger and all the other things that you've got going. So these things are really, really important. And the reason why we love Shopify so much is because literally you take your pixel number, your Facebook pixel code number, I don't even know what it's called, or ID, I guess, and you just insert it. And Shopify does this automatically through native integration. It's probably the easiest setup for this. What, that takes a minute or so, as fast as you can copy That's and paste. It. So <clears throat> tell us a little bit more about this. I've sort of referred to how we create some audiences. Obviously, optimization is key with everything that we're talking about here. You want your ads to be leveraging the Facebook algorithm as much as possible. We create audiences with it. What else can you tell us about standard event, maybe some best practices and some other things to keep in mind? So whether you want to create a custom conversion to say group all your leads together, or you want to actually build an audience of leads. It's really the same practice of going into that interface, whether it's the custom conversions or creating a new audience. And instead of saying the URL part, that's actually a dropdown where instead of saying URL equals or contains, you can actually change that to a standard event. So it'll actually list out all the standard events there that you can choose from. You choose the one that you're using and you're off and running. Now, Ralph, you mentioned something earlier that was kind of an interesting thing because one of the questions that comes up when people start with standard events is, but I want more segmentation. I want to know a little bit more. How can, I, how can I keep my mosquito people separate from my lawn care people if I wanted to just track that? And the way that you do that is with what we call enhanced standard events. With an enhanced standard event, you're actually sending some information along with the event. So you're saying lead but maybe it's like type equals lawn care or type equals mosquito. And those parameters are just sent right along with the standard event that we just talked about. Uh, a lot of the plugins we mentioned will either do that automatically or have a place where you're able to kind of plug in what you wanted to send along. What this does is it gives you another way to segment things. And while this doesn't impact the lead event in any way, so just to keep things simple, I'm just going to talk about lead event here, but this applies to any standard event. If you're sending over the lead event, Facebook just sees the lead event. If you're sending it with the custom parameters, like maybe content category equals dogs, Facebook is still going to see that lead event. And so back to the three jobs of the Facebook pixel, if you're building audiences on a lead event, it's going to count all of those. If you're optimizing your campaigns for a lead event, it's going to count all of those. So what are these extra parameters actually do? Well, they allow you to go a little bit deeper with audiences and with custom conversions. And so you'll see in the interface, if you're creating a custom conversion 
And instead of all URL traffic, you actually choose a standard event like lead. There's an option down below that to add some additional filtering parameter. And so you might say, I only want the lead events where content category equals dogs. And maybe you're, if you're sending in leads for content category equals dogs and content category equals cats, now you have a custom conversion to just count the dog people. And that's going to be able to be used in two places. One as a column in your ads manager, where you can say, all right, out of all my leads, these leads are just for dogs. So with the purchase event, for example, somebody bought something on your website, you can send along additional parameters with that. So let's say they purchased something in the dog category or they purchased something in the cat category. Your campaign could be optimized just for purchase. Hey, Facebook, I want anybody who is generating the purchase event optimized for that. Now within that, you might be interested in, well, how many of these people are buying dog stuff or how many people are buying cat stuff? If you create a custom conversion for that, rather than when we were talking about URL custom-based custom conversions, it's the same interface, same place, only instead of choosing URL traffic and kind of putting in some parameters there, right beneath that in the dropdown is the standard events. And so you would just choose purchase from that standard event. And then uh, when you do that, you have the opportunity to add some additional ways to refine that purchase event. So if you can sit, you can choose event parameters and say, I want people who purchased where category equals dog. And now you can use that in a couple of different ways. One within ads manager, you can actually have a custom conversion column. That's like dog purchases. And that column will be anyone who generated that purchased event where content category equals dog. Now that might be interesting if you had one for dog and one for cat while you're optimizing for purchases in general within ads manager, you might be able to look at your individual ads and say, Oh, interesting. This one's generating more dog purchases, but this one's generating more cat purchases. How does the creative that I'm putting into this campaign actually impact what people are buying? And so using these extra parameters along with it, you're still able to take advantage of Facebook's mass optimization of anybody who purchased, but you're also able to segment down a little bit more and say, but I'm also interested in this specific conversion. Exactly. Yeah. So you're still leveraging the algorithm for the entire audience of people who might purchase, right? Well, you really want to use this where you want to create different audiences for dogs and for cats. Would you recommend optimization at the ad set level for purchases event parameter dog, or that's just too refined? Oh, this this is like your business. So you're going to need to experiment with this. <laughs> We're using probably the most trivial example there is. Like who cares if they buy the dog thing or the cat thing? Now let's apply this to a funnel though. And now it's there's two purchase events, Tripwire and Core Offer. And maybe you throw a Slack adjuster in there. Which one should you optimize for? Well, using this enhanced standard event where you're actually sending along parameters, you can optimize for purchase, anybody who generates any of those things. So Somebody who goes through the whole funnel could generate three purchase events for Facebook. Or you could say, I just want to optimize for the tripwire by creating a custom conversion that zeroes in just on that first purchase event. Or you can really do that for any step in the funnel. So with dogs and cats, probably a trivial decision, but this same tool will give you the ability to hone in on any part of your funnel and say, what do I want to tell Facebook to bring me more of? 100%. And then the add-on to this, and this could probably be explained fairly simply, is we always talk about value, okay? So purchase value. How is that dynamically created inside standard events for people in that dropdown? So you want to be able to say, all right, I spent this. I got this many purchases. I got this much in purchase value. And then you also use your drop down inside ads reporting that says return on ad spend. Kind of an important thing when you're spending a dollar and you're looking to make $3 or $4. So purchase event is one of those, there's a handful of events that are aware of value and will kind of roll those things up automatically into different kind of preloaded columns inside Facebook, like purchase 
value, website purchase value, return on ad spend, those types of things. So two parameters that you absolutely want to send along with your standard event for purchase is the currency and the actual value that was purchased. And when you do that, imagine that funnel example that I just talked about with Tripwire and Core Offer. Say the Tripwire is 10 bucks, Core Offer is 100 bucks. Somebody buys both of them, they're actually going to send in an event for a purchase with $10, an event for a purchase with $100. Inside Facebook, you're going to see purchases to website purchase conversion value 110. This is super important. I don't think we've ever touched on this. And, you know, if you're if you're not tracking to this level of depth for your Facebook ads, and quite honestly, when we go in and look at ad accounts, we don't see this being done correctly. I would say 70 to 80 percent of the time. There's always something wrong with it. And there's a lot of information here, guys. And I would really recommend you go back and rewind and listen to it again, especially if you're having tracking issues. We always hear about tracking issues as a big, big issue with Facebook. Yeah, we talk about all the other kinds of stuff here to make your campaigns work as smoothly as possible. But if you don't know where the dollars are going, or you're relying on your Shopify store or your CRM to figure out whether or not your Facebook ads are profitable, you're probably not doing what we just talked about in the last five minutes here. So we'll leave plenty of resources inside the show notes for you on this, but this is vital, especially if you are an e-commerce store, you're selling direct to cold traffic, you're utilizing the e-com ad amplifier, all these things don't work without all the things that we're talking about here in this week's show. So super, super important, highly complex, especially if you're not a programmer. This is not my area of expertise, okay, for sure, but really, really important to make your your campaigns work well. So just to kind of wrap up here a little bit, so what are some of the things that we mentioned some gotchas and some cons of obviously of standard events, anything that people should be concerned with or should watch out for when they're setting this up or when they're actually running their campaigns live? So best practices for this are actually going to be the opposite of the ones that I mentioned for URL-based custom conversions. So when you're creating a custom conversion that's based on a standard event, instead of using use parameter equals not parameter contains. And the reason being like, it's just, you have so much control over the exact string or word that you're sending into Facebook that you want to be very precise and say equals dogs, for example, because you don't want to accidentally have a category that's also like dog food or dog, whatever, and like have it matching some other things. So URL-based custom conversions use URL contains standard event-based custom conversions, you want to use parameter equals. Really important. So standard events, parameter equals, URL-based custom conversions, URL contains. Really big, important point there. So just calling that out because we're giving people a lot of information here, Deacon. It's awesome. Cool. So let's keep going. Other gotchas or other things that we should watch out for. The only other gotcha, I think, is just a common user error when interpreting these things. And and Facebook keeps renaming these columns all the time. Right now, I think it's called website purchase conversion value <laughs> is the column you want to look at. But if you're using one of these plugins or systems, that's going to automatically set up these events for you, especially e-com store owners. It's going to send in a value, a currency and a value automatically for things like add to cart. Some of them even send it in for view content. And in either of those cases, you didn't actually collect the money. So you don't want to count it as return on ad spend. And so there is a column that will give you all of the value reported by all the events. I don't even know why that column exists because it's grossly misleading. But the column that you want to look at is just website purchase conversion value. Website purchase conversion value. Because you're going to see if you go into Ads Manager and you click the drop down on performance columns and then you customize columns. If you just search for in the little search bar, on the top value, you're going to see lots of potential options for value. So website purchase conversion value is the one that you want to look at. Otherwise, you might be 
getting some false uh, positives on some of your spend, especially, and we've seen this where customers have come to us and they've done this incorrectly. We've seen some of the other columns actually overpopulate with too much website conversion value or too much purchase value. It's a small point, but it's a really important point. And it's really, it's right in the middle under purchases and you click on total and you click on value and you show those in your column selected. It's a little bit of a gotcha inside ads manager, but uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've seen this reported in inaccurately Deacon. And I think it's a really important point and a, a, and a gotcha to watch out for, for everyone listening today. So that is a lot of information here, everyone. And definitely, like I said, go back and listen to the show. Deacon has been perfecting this stuff over the last couple of years. And it's not as complex as you think. It's actually very simple to do all this. But the point is, is that if you don't get it right, your ads aren't going to work as well as they possibly can. And your reporting is going to be potentially overinflated or underinflated depending on what the situation is. Tier11.com forward slash AA is the ads accelerator where we've actually gone through a lot of these with screen shares with customers on the live calls with our media buyers and with our dev team. And it's a very, very common issue that of sophisticated marketers get wrong. And we've been able to help them to not only optimize their ads more effectively, but also to make sure that when they're putting that dollar in, they know exactly where that dollar is going, whether it's less than a dollar or more than a dollar. And all this is vital when you come back to conversion tracking. So this has been uh, great to have you on the show, man. I mean, it's been way, way too long. Although we talk, you know, multiple times every single day. I'm like, why have we had Deacon on perpetual traffic? And it's been only 210 episodes, but vital information here for everyone. Remember, there's three legs of the stool here. We talk about the campaign side, campaign structure. We talk about the creative, creative team parts of things, especially the last couple of weeks. This third leg, conversion tracking, is vitally important. So make sure that you clean this up on your site and make your Facebook and Instagram ads work as well as they possibly can. So... This has been episode 210. Make sure that you go to our show notes here. We'll have a lot of them this week at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 210. Deacon Bradley, thanks for showing up this week. Thanks for coming on and bringing it, buddy. Thanks for having me. Till next week. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.